0: The Dragon Red is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club.
1: Did you know that when he was first writing the Wheel of Time series, Robert Jordan used armadillos instead of Trollocs, but he eventually <laughs> changed to Trollocs because his editor thought armadillos were too ridiculous.
0: Armadillos are kind of ridiculous, mm-hmm. but also horrifying. <laughs> to learn more interesting armadillo facts and to unlock bonus content, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcasting club.
2: Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake.
1: I'm Alice Sullivan.
2: And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're going to cover chapters 6 through 10 of The Fires of Heaven, book 5 of The Wheel of Time. Previously, the Dark One's seals have
0: gone all squishy, and the Aiel have gotten all moody, which I guess makes them somewhat less effective as Rand's ultimate killing machines. Uh, Rand gets some magic tutoring from his Glee wizard and Matt gets some spear sister side action uh, <laughs> Avienda and Rand continue to be terrible together but then I guess she and Egwene are getting hazed by the wise ones pretty hard so you
2: know maybe maybe that evens it out I don't know yep so, chapter six gateways icon of Landfear so Landfear is probably gonna be in this chapter right I guess no. so yeah I don't I don't understand. <laughs> So uh, Rand gets attacked by evil dogs which are dark hounds. Yeah, he wakes up to a face full of taint. Does he? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. He's like
0: he wakes bad. up he's like something smells like taint in here. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if
2: I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but trust me it's really unpleasant. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll take your word for it. Yeah. We get actually the best description of these dark hounds that we've gotten yet cuz Rand actually fights them with his fire sword. These are things that we haven't
0: seen before, right? Because there's, like, different hounds, I think, right? There's...
3: No,
2: these are the ones that chased them when they left Ilion.
1: But I was going to say, he doesn't fight them with his fire sword, he fights them with his heron sword, right?
2: No. No, because that's melted by the dark one. Yeah, that doesn't exist anymore.
1: It's slightly curved heron marked blade, seeming hammered out of fire. Oh, you're right, okay, but it's not Kalindor. His no, yeah. back in tier. He didn't
0: bring that one with him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He, he he doesn't actually have a physical sword that he carries around right now. It's just his magic sword that he just like conjures from, I guess fire. Yeah. He, he
1: pulls out of somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Pulls it right out of his butt. Because yeah.
2: this is the level of creativity that Rand has. It's like, dang, my sword got melted. I should use the the power of the gods to make myself another sword, which is. <laughs> To be fair, like Lanfear's biggest criticism, she's like, "Oh, you have
0: ultimate godlike power and you make a sword." <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> Good job, buddy. But I remember because I, I, okay, so because the, they were being pursued by some hound things previously,
2: but I thought they were something different because they, were, no, they eas- were dark hounds. I thought they were easier to kill. Well, they were easier to kill. That's what I was going to say because they're definitely dark hounds because these things do the thing where they don't leave footprints on dirt, but they do leave footprints on stone. But this time, he, he carves them up with his flame sword, and they sort of melt into blood, and they then they re back into the same Darkhounds again.
1: Yeah. I, I, I found myself hoping that if the Wheel of Time TV series is made, adaptation is made, that we get to see this, because this scene was so cool. Yeah? Yeah.
2: Yeah, They even the, the blood that they fall apart into avoids the Aes Sedai symbol on the ground mm-hmm. and before reforming back into the dogs, so they don't like that. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: And the, the, there's a description that I thought was kind of fun. With snarls like bones being ground to dust. I was, yeah, just I was about to, to say too. that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's, it's very evocative. I
1: Robert Jordan's very good at writing descriptions of sounds.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or, well, <laughs> what was it sounds? with the
1: mirthal, like? Like a dead... snake going
2: over dead
0: leaves. Yeah. Like <laughs>
2: yeah. I noticed that Rand ran away from his maiden bodyguards to have the fight with the dark hounds. Yeah. Which seems like it defeats the whole purpose of having these Bodyguards, well, right? I they can like... stab dogs. That's a thing they can do. So I think that the
0: he considers there there being like different things that he's being protected from. Like the maidens, their maidens are there to protect him in his sleep from like mundane threats. But I I feel like the mains of the spear wouldn't have the tools to deal with these, like, T-1000, like, shadow dogs. They could at least distract them, you know? Yeah, uh, and probably get eaten, right? I mean, like, a, a single bite from
2: these things instantly kills you. I think the Aiel seem to know about all this dark, shadow-spawn stuff, right? Yeah, I guess they... Well, they
0: they send people into the, the blight regularly, so I guess they run, and, run across things.
2: Yeah, but it, it's because they're women, and he has to protect... All of these women, even though they're badass warrior women, yeah, they're sworn I, to protect them. He, he so does forth. say that, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, Robert Jordan does make the point that Rand is thinking that that they are warriors, but he still—it's his old Two Rivers beliefs that you should never send women into into harm harm's yeah. way.
0: It's the same thing that prevents him from killing evil women too, right? Like he's—he he killed that one woman a long time ago, yeah. when He was like going half crazy. He cut off a Martian woman's head who
1: might have been a dark
0: friend we're not really sure I mean yeah (laughs) it was unclear whether she was a dark friend or not
1: well you know what's weird too like that happened I think in the second book in the series Mm -hmm. and now we're on the fifth book and I don't feel like it was mentioned in books three and four but all of a sudden he's thinking about it again
2: yeah yeah I yeah Brand killed that woman a while ago and even at the time he didn't seem to put much thought into
1: it no
0: but now apparently it's haunting him despite the fact that we haven't heard anything about in a while. Though, to be fair, for a long time, we didn't have anything from Rand's point of view.
1: I think think that's true. I think Robert Jordan is doing a much better job writing Rand now because he was very mysterious and very boring for a long time. He was just kind of going crazy and brooding a whole lot. And now I think he's become a much more interesting, more developed character.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Although now he really is going crazy.
1: Yeah, sure. But there's like supernatural things attacking him. So that's kind of that's true. Understandable. It's Is true. he going
0: crazy? I mean, like, he's getting he's getting memories from his past life, but I, would you consider that going crazy?
1: He laughs, <laughs> a lot while he's doing crazy shit. He's,
0: I mean, like, if I had godlike powers and I could, like, throw fire and, like, beams of, like, magic light around, I'd probably laugh a lot, too. <laughs> well, yeah, we would say <laughs> you were going fun. crazy.
2: woo Yeah!
0: yeah. Woo-hoo, yeah. <laughs> 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 Lightning bolt! Lightning bolt! fire. Blasty! Yeah! Blasty?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, that's... A special spell. That's a spell I just made up where you blow things up. Because you can do that when you well, have the one power. Speaking of which, he uses Balefire to finally kill these Darkhounds. And then he runs over and uses Balefire to, to save Matt. Like he immediately figures out that the Darkhounds probably came for him and Matt and Asmodian... And he saves Matt and figures Asmodian. Ah, fucking, right? <laughs> it's like
0: he. I think he specifically says, "Well, you know, I guess there's no hurry if they've done what they're going to do. <laughs> then it's too late now."
1: Well, I thought it was because he'd put up a bunch of protections around Asmodian to keep Asmodian in, but it wasn't going to keep the bad guys out.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's just because he rushed to save Matt, and then by that time, he could only rush to save one of them. You know, sure. And it was a, not a difficult decision for him, I guess. Which but is... he just deletes him with Balefire, and mm-hmm. the Balefire. Doesn't go forever because he, he actually tries to rein it in a little bit. Yeah, and he, it, it, he it only goes it. part way through a wall this time.
0: Mm-hmm. He mentions that he's going to try and uh, control it a little better, which is interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's something
2: we had been curious about previously. Yeah, and Moraine in this bit actually gives us a lot more information about Balefire. Mm-hmm. And this seems maybe new to this book, but it's really cool. <laughs> Balefire actually kills them or deletes them from the pattern before like in the past right it it, it rewinds time and all the things that they did didn't happen anymore that seems like like it raises more questions than it answers in a way (laughs) it has like a paradox
0: beam you know yeah it it totally does like if you kill someone before you kill them then you never would have killed
2: them you would never would have had to kill them but you did kill them but you did kill them yes this is a causality thing right we always see time's arrow moving forward and causality only has one direction but in the in the math that physicists do to, uh, in quantum mechanics, that's not a natural feature, right? It doesn't have to only go one direction. <laughs> okay. Right? Determinism can go both directions, so it's possible that if you have a different perspective from ours, then causality is is uh, going like a direction orthogonal to your time stream, so you could see both ways in the future and the past. So what if? Okay. What if as you're entering a room... What if a bad guy's entering the
0: room, we'll say uh, you know, a hellhound, in- sorry, dark hound into the room, and knocks over a vase. The vase falls, shatters, waking you up. You wake up, you see the hellhound, sorry, shadowhound, whatever, mm. and you kill it. So if you kill it before it knocked down the vase, you never would have woken up.
2: Does that mean you're back asleep? Right. What would have happened in if you could observe this whole time stream from start to finish is the dark hound was about to knock over the vase and then it just disappeared. And you kept sleeping. <laughs> but you wake up and you remember, oh yeah,
3: I killed the well, you that don't thing. wake up. Well,
2: so eventually,
0: eventually you wake you up. up later.
2: Oh yeah, later on. Because you have the
0: memories. You keep the memories. You keep the memories, right? So you wake up and you, later and you say, oh, I guess I killed
2: a shadow. So out. there are a bunch of different dark. theories about why uh, we observe quantum waveform collapses. Mm-hmm. And one of them is that what our brains are doing is not running a simulation like we think they are, a simulation of the world and making predictions based on our intuition, that actually our brains have evolved to perceive different uh, realities, like the quantum mini-worlds realities, and that's how we explore hypotheticals in our thoughts. Mm-hmm. From in, in that explanation, what you would be doing is skipping to another time stream, but your brain still has the ability to perceive the previous time stream in mm-hmm. the form of a memory. Interesting. So anyway, that's what I think is going on with Belfar.
0: It's a, it's a complicated plot device for, for Jordan to introduce. But, uh, but on the other hand, well,
2: yeah, he but, likes... you know The, the weaver, right? Who, oh, I don't know, I keep saying the weaver, but he never brings up the weaver, right? The pattern weaves itself. Right. And the pattern has all these other like else worlds, right? Other ways of weaving, like the worlds are all woven together. So the pattern itself doesn't have a direction, right? It's backwards and forwards. If you can affect the pattern directly... You could affect things in the past as well as things in the future. And we know that uh, within the, the the
0: fantasy of this world, alternate universes are a thing. Rand does some traveling using those portal stones, where he goes to alternate timelines, alternate versions. And either I believe there's even one point when they they all, they all live a whole bunch of alternate timelines. Right. Over, yeah. Over <laughs> over.
1: When they're doing the they're the traveling stones.
0: Yeah. When when he messes up one of the traveling stones, they accidentally all live like 20 different timelines.
1: Or something crazy like that. The
2: way I interpret that is he was trying to use the traveling stones to move them in in distance, right? In position. Mm -hmm. But in the pattern you can move in more ways than just in uh, distance. Yeah. You can move in time and you can move between these different threads of worlds. Mm -hmm. And I think he accidentally moved them sideways through all these worlds. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. It's interesting because uh, Moraine mentions that in addition to having all these super useful side effects like you know, killing things before they did whatever you didn't want them to do. Uh, it also is damaging to the pattern as well. They, they, she mentions that, that Balefire is something that was outlawed specifically
2: in the, during the War right. power. That's interesting. You you Balefire somebody and it kills them, but just killing them doesn't damage the pattern, right? Right. Because that's, Cause that's, like that's a, part of the pattern. Yeah, that's a, an end to a thread as opposed to like tearing threads out of the
0: pattern.
1: Yeah, that you're yanking the thread out.
2: Right, yeah. So Balefire... Like, they see it as this weapon, right, where they, they mess things up and kill their enemies. But what it really is is probably some kind of tool that the pattern itself uses. Like
0: a pattern eraser kind of thing. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And and, and uh, she, she mentions instances where entire cities were erased using Balefire. And you can imagine the kind of damage that would do. I think she, she mentions that that, like, weakens the actual pattern itself. We don't know what that looks like or what that could cause, but it could potentially be reality ending, I suppose. Right, yeah. It's bad. Yeah. So, Balefire, while it is a useful tool, uh, is not something you should be doing all the time, I guess.
1: Well, I'm sure none of these issues will ever come up again in the entire series. Yeah, I'm sure it was right. just like a passing bot. Especially if there's a <laughs> final battle.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but we know that, you know, as all this was happening, Matt almost didn't even notice it was happening because
2: there was a lot of noise going on inside his room, too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> going back to the important things. Yeah. And
2: things were bumping and jumping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, yeah, he's like, oh yeah, this this chick likes to growl. I can I can be into that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But
0: But but uh, you know, on a more serious note, I suppose that one of the reasons we discover this is Matt remembers the uh, one of the sh- one of the dark hounds made it through the door and bit him or, or got some saliva on him, uh, but then ran, bail fired it before, and it, it erased the damage it had done to Matt, where Matt might have died previously. Yeah. In another
2: reality. So it rewound time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is there another reality somewhere where he did die? Or what happened? It's weird. I'm sure there's lots where Matt has died. (laughs) (laughs) I suspect that we're on maybe the one thread where Matt's still around. (laughs) (laughs) But a couple other important things happen here. One is uh, Moraine tries to heal Matt. Yeah. And she can't because that fox head medallion prevents the One Power from working on him.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is
2: really interesting because I remember when. uh, Because Matt unknowingly
0: actually asked for three things right yeah he asked for a way out he asked for something to like
2: i'm trying to remember like a, a, so yeah. a way of dealing with these yeah a way of keeping the aes Sedai from messing with him yeah mm. and the third thing was his memories his memory yeah well, just memories no <laughs> fill the fill, fill these the holes, holes in, in my memory <laughs> 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 i mean so, he's lucky they didn't fill it with like people getting tortured or whatever. yeah nightmares or
0: something mm-hmm.
1: Actually gets useful. He gets useful memories. He
0: does, yeah. So we know now that the medallion is 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 one, and we know that the the memories were fairly obvious. So yeah, it makes you wonder what this spear is about. Like what
2: I think is like a. Oh. I think the spear is not a gift. I think the spear is just like their cool spear that they use to hang him with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he asked for three things, right? Well, a way out, not a way out of the.
0: I thought he was. out he said, "I want
2: to, I want to get away from you jerks and go back home because you're uh, being jerks." Okay. And yep. they were like, "That's very clever of you to make the exiting a part of the deal." <laughs> but you didn't specify your state, and that's what he yeah. did. But you didn't say, "Don't hang me from an awesome spear with a relevant
0: inscription on it." <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like they could have hung him with a lot of things, and giving him this
2: like badass spear is. You know. I, I think this spear. Well, it's power rot. We know that. So yeah. I, it never needs sharpening. It'll never break, which is convenient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it does have, but they, I guess they did carve
0: it with a, the joke, right? They, there's, it's, it's inscribed with something like, you know, haha, we got you,
1: motherfucker. <laughs> <I> <laughs> right, yeah. In the old tongue.
2: Yeah. Uh, but that's so cool. So Matt now has a medallion that blocks the one power. He's immune to Aes Sedai.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. At
2: which least personally. It seems like it has a great deal of utility. That's, that's awesome, you know? Right, yeah.
0: <laughs> he should be handing that one around.
1: And Rand is very protective about that for Matt because Moraine really, really wants to take it. And she thinks uh, it should yeah. belong to the White Tower. I bet she
0: does. <laughs> yeah, that is just the kind of thing that she she would love to have her hands on. I'm sure.
1: This is such an interesting scene that we get there because we finally get some just like straight, plain talk in between Rand and Moraine after she tries to heal Matt, and then he takes off the medallion, and she is able to heal him.
2: Yeah, Moraine. This is a big deal she swears not to try and manipulate him and to, to obey him
0: yeah
3: yeah
2: and uh, and you know I would never trust someone
0: like that except she has her oaths so and that's like pretty explicit right so yeah I
3: mean, yeah I mean, how that does means...
0: that work if you're
2: making promises can you not make promises you don't intend to keep I I would assume so you know if she you can't do lie, make right? a promise but you change your mind later can you change your mind later that's a good question yeah I mean like that would have made the previous thing a lie, and you can't tell lies, so... Well, yeah, but it wasn't a lie when you told it, right? People changed their minds. You, you can... You know, if you think something is true, you can say it, even if it's not really true in real life. That is true, yeah. So maybe maybe I it wonder. doesn't mean she can't violate the oath. But it so. means her intentions are real mm-hmm. yeah, right that's now. True. And that's... Honestly, I'm glad she finally did this, because... Yes. She's finally, like, adapting to the situation that she can't just manipulate Rand and get everything she wants her way. It yeah. makes her more
0: useful to him and it makes the, the the whole situation a little bit less frustrating for the reader, I think, too. So I'm glad that happened.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And she has a very fatalistic look, too. She she thinks she's going to die.
2: Yeah, I think so. It's, it's hinting very strongly she thinks she's going to die and soon.
1: Which makes me wonder if that was something that she may have learned when she went to Ruidian. Yeah,
2: maybe. Yeah, I, I, I think we hear a little bit later that she's, she's
0: learned a lot of information. We can talk more about that when we get to it, but... Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if
2: if that heavily influenced her her decisions now. I, I like the bit where she promises to not to manipulate Ran and to obey him, and Lan like widens his eyes slightly and she thinks, Oh, that's the same as any other man gasping in shock <laughs> <laughs> Screaming in agony. <laughs>
1: Well, the thing is, she's also she's also made plans for land too. Some of which we do know, and some of which we do not know.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. We we know that she said a couple of things just to mess with him, but it's it's. I believe it's only implied at this point that she intends for him to go to
2: naive when she's gone.
1: Right, because she teased him a while back about how she was going to give him to one of the green Aja, yeah. who can have multiple warders.
2: Yeah. So my first thought when these darkhounds showed up was that it was Samael. because Samael sent the dark hounds in Ilion right yeah but isn't
0: he dead
2: no Samael was at that meeting at the beginning he's oh. the he's the war guy with the scar on his face which one is the one that Warai, uh Balefired in the face that was, Belal. was Bilal.
1: it was Bilal. yeah that rings a bell
2: yeah that was the one that was in Tyr okay couldn't remember There's, I'm I'm losing track of all these forsaken yeah yeah Samael is one of the four conspirators like Lanfear Grindel Samael and Ravin alright okay Mm-hmm. So I was thinking of some because he's the he's supposed to be very direct, right? I'll well, yep. send some magic dogs to go kill him.
1: Yeah, that would make sense.
2: Yeah, but uh, of course, Landfear shows up later and says it was Ravin, but who knows what the hell she's talking about?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I've lost track of Landfear. However many times she's crossed and quadruple crossed and whatnot. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's difficult to tell really who she's um, whose side she's on. But we get confirmation. Um, well, we kind of suspected, but Rand still has those super superterangreal. Oh, Both want, of them. I also want to point out that he's just like teleporting to and for, to or, like to and fro now. Oh, he's just like yeah. his thing. He's just like done with this conversation. He's like pops a hole in reality, and Maureen's like, "What the fuck are you doing? How did you I do know. that?" He's, he's going like, like oh. he, he literally sprinted from his room to this place in a, in a few seconds a second ago. So it's not that far. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is funny because like. So we know that this this
0: this other method of travel is—I think they call it skimming—is not the most efficient way to go. There's like a way where you just go from point A to point B immediately, mm. and this seems like more like a short, shortcut for point A to point B. But it's directly relative; appears to be directly relative to the distance they travel because he opens the portal, steps on the thing, it goes like a foot, and then another <laughs> portal opens, and he steps
2: out, and he's like, you know, I don't know, a thousand feet away, you know, whatever. It's just this thing. It's funny that this thing is. Right, yeah, and so much for not using the one power and trying to avoid the taint. Uh, No, he's like... like, All all the time. Yeah, he's like slurping that taint. (laughs) (laughs)
3: That's disgusting. What? That's disgusting. No, sorry.
2: Yeah, Rand has his magic remote controls, and then Lanfear shows up, and she sees it, that Rand has the magic remote controls, and she's like, hey, why don't we use them together? And we could, like, dethrone God and rule all over creation. And Rand's like, nah. I mean, she's not, like... She's not wrong, right? That'd be pretty cool. I mean, but no, I, not with her, you know? She's not trustworthy.
0: Isn't she, though? I mean, she's really super in love with him. Is she? She may think she
2: is. But <sighs> it's can she really with her, be in love? I, Maybe it's, I that's, mean, he says it right here. He says, no, she just loves power. Because mm-hmm. he starts talking like Luz Theron. He's like, no, you you just love power. It's really interesting the the impact it has on her, too, though.
0: Like, he, he calls her by her, her ancient name, Mirren. And and it says that like oh you're not you're not in love with me you're just in love with power and, and, she, and then she like for a moment she realizes that she's talking to Luce Theron and instead of Durandal Thor and it's a, a notable reaction like she's like her personality and her like. Yeah, she's shocked. Yeah. Like her mask drops for a second and it's really interesting so to I see. I
2: wonder why that is.
0: Is it because she actually does
2: love Luz Theron? I think as much as it, as it is as it is possible for someone like her to love someone she does. Or is it because she's scared of Luz Theron? Could she be thinks both. she can manipulate Rand, but she doesn't think she can manipulate Luz Theron.
0: I would say I could say it could be both. I mean, like she knows that Luz Theron is strong. Um and that's probably what she loves about him is she's like as into power as he seems to imply. Yeah.
1: Here's something interesting to me, though. Getting back to the various Angreal, he has the the magic magnifier one, right? It says that it had only been finished after the Dark One's prison was resealed. How do I know that? But the Dark One's prison was resealed. Okay, sorry. Okay, now I'm getting I'm getting confused because it was it was resealed. I'm thinking about when the holes got punched in it. So
2: right. So yeah. resealed is. The end, when Luz Theron led the Hundred Companions to close it back up, uh-huh. and in the process of so doing, the male half of the site and got tainted. And that's what led to the breaking of the world. So these uh, so these the- giant ones were under construction as super weapons, but they weren't finished by the time the war was over. And that's part of what, I guess, the the last Aes Sedai traveling with the Gen Aiel were stashing here in Ruidian for Rand. Mm. They, like, made him this warrior race, and they also left him... Those terror and Grial mm-hmm. because I guess they knew that they did the sealing the dark one away
0: wasn't like a forever solution they must have known yeah
2: well
3: their, they, the I prophecies. think they got a
2: foretelling who knows how yeah. much they knew because the foretelling is it's like Robert Jordan telling people in this story exactly what they need to know to yeah. do what Robert Jordan wants them to do <laughs> right anyway yeah so yeah that was a
0: long long tangent but but we do get some interesting history about Mirin and Luc Theron and their relationship and we also get some really cool stuff with like I guess like forsaken politics, almost. Like she explains that the reason he sent these Shadowhounds is not necessarily because Rand is the Dragon Reborn. It's just because his actions
2: sending people into Tear. Robin was yeah, like, Yeah, "I oh, thought this was cool." The yeah. Forsaken, all of the Forsaken, completely misread his move in Tear. Yeah, because he's like, "Oh, he's grabbing power," you know? Yeah, because what he is he's doing is like, "I'm trying to stabilize things and, and save lives or whatever." But they're all like, "Oh yeah, good move. Take advantage of the chaos." Yeah. And so, Robin thinks that he's engaged in a battle with Rand already. Yeah. Well, and not not even necessarily like a an outright fight, but like a well, a struggle in Kyrian.
0: Like uh, it, to me, it's like moving chess pieces. Like he's like, "Oh, Rand moves a piece into Kyrian, and to like, you know, trick him, I'm going to send these shadow hounds because I'm going for Kyrian.
2: Kyrian's mine, motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. It's just kind but of a, Rand, it's weird the way they think uh, about things. If Lampfior hadn't told Rand that, he never would have known. He never he, did, he never would have known who sent the dark hounds. I guess he wouldn't have really cared cuz to him and we we you know, know this is true. But... This happens to him every few weeks. It's like a monster attacks him
3: while sleeping.
0: Yeah, but to, but to him, it's like the Forsaken are this force, right? It's like, oh, the Forsaken sent these shadow, these these dark hounds after me. But it's they don't work like that, right? They're like they're they're just as
2: much warring factions, factions as anyone else. Yeah, they're playing this kind of. It's not. They're not even necessarily doing what the Dark One tells them to do. They're playing this game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this, for for
0: Robin, this isn't like I'm attacking the Dragon Reborn. It's like, oh, I'm. Fighting this other piece on the board that's like messing with my pl- my plots, which is mind blowing to me because they like like you said they're not they don't even know what the dark one wants, right? Not really. Yeah. They just assume that he's going to be
2: coming back, and, when, and they want to be well positioned when he comes back. Right. So there's no way that they can outthink Rand because Rand is not thinking on, at all. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. I don't
0: know. It's just it, like Rand is now. To the Forsaken, maybe for the first time, like a, a noteworthy piece on the board because he captured tier, and they're like, "Oh, now he owns tier." Right? It's like, "Oh, he's moving into Kyrian." Oh, no, I want Kyrian. You know, that's but that's I, yeah. That's I love that fighting. because he's,
2: they've misread his move completely, and I don't know. You could read it both ways. It's either because he's more simple than they are, or it's because he's operating on a higher level of principle than they are. Like, he doesn't care about this game. You know, yeah, he's just making moves to, to play to win the war, not the battle. You yeah, know? yeah. Well, it, it makes and sense. They're, and they they're like the Forsaken, and they're they're backbiting and they're they're fighting each other all the time. So they just they never see the big picture. We have to consider that the big picture doesn't matter to them, right? Because
0: as far as they're concerned, they're waiting for the Dark One to come and like eat everything, right? Yeah. So they don't care what's happening here and now. They don't care about any of this stuff. Like none of these these like petty squabbles uh, among the the humans are relevant to them because as far as they're concerned, they're just like, I'm going to capture as many countries as I can so when the dark one comes, this is what I get, you know? <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Like, yeah. They, as far as they're concerned,
2: that's not, not that's not a big deal because yeah. they're not trying to win against Rand. Uh, another important note is that landfear is mad that Rand has warded his dreams. Mm-hmm. Not because it prevents her from spying on him, but because she's concerned he might be dreaming of other women. Oh, God. I know. This is... Rand's shitty girlfriends and, part two, right? Oh my god! And, and this whole time he's like be, watching what he say, it says whenever he talks about women, because he's like, I don't want Landfear to teleport over and fry this woman right now because she gets the wrong impression. Yeah, even well, women that like even Isindra, who he doesn't like. Yeah, you know, this is so messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like this is this is like the this, the scariest
0: jealous lover ever, right? Like this person, it's it's like are you're dating a, a, a demigod who's like... He never even dated her. Mm-hmm. Well, Lucifer did, right? Like, back in the day? I guess that's true. Yeah, because he has memories of, like, holding her and stuff, apparently. But, sorry. Okay, yeah, your your ex your ex is a, a demigod, and, like, if that ex just, like, gets the idea that you might be, like, thinking about dating someone else, they're going to, like, set him
2: on fire. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of... Yeah, it's kind of scary.
1: Well, maybe she gets jealous because dreams are kind of, like, her thing. Mm-hmm. It's
2: notable that in all of these... Chapters in the next chapter, we get a lot more info about who's dreaming what, yeah, mm-hmm. everybody's dreaming things directly relevant to either their romantic interest or their their plans in the real world, yeah mm-hmm. and when I remember my dreams, it's always like I'm at work, they're <laughs> super bad, yeah, uh-huh. nobody has really boring dreams, yeah, that's true,
1: going back to what you're saying, I think that Rand just has a higher sense of purpose than the Forsaken do, because he has this conversation with Lanfear, where Lanfear is talking about Robin is making more gays into a puppet, and Rand is like, why do you think I care about what's happening to more gays? And then she says, well, I know you don't really care about what's happening to Morgays, you don't even really consider your queen, but he's expecting you to do all these things and to make all these different moves to, quote, defend your ambitions. Right, Which yeah. is not what he is doing at all, so there's yeah. a complete lack of understanding yeah, there. Even
2: Lanfear, who knows him better than any of the other Forsakens, still doesn't get where Rand is going. Right. And what's interesting about it is that it's not complicated. It's
1: yeah. not, he just wants He's to do be forward. evil. He's real straightforward,
2: and he tells her several times. <laughs> she doesn't believe him. She's like, yeah, yeah, right. Wink! <laughs> yeah, so maybe that's, yeah, that's like a fundamental difference between... Rand and the Forsaken, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: sometimes it's a weakness and sometimes it's a strength. It's the, cool. The stakes for him are much higher, right? Like, if he loses,
0: the world ends. Uh, and if they lose, they, you know, it's it's just like a,
2: a reset and they do some other petty squabble stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Anyway, Lanfear leaves, back the, to her, her customized room. I love you, I'll like kill everyone races.
0: you love. Bye, sweetie. <laughs> right,
2: yeah. And the clan chiefs show up and it turns out Kuladin and the other clans are moving towards Kyrian, so the time for waiting is past. Shit's popping off now. Yeah. That's good. I'm excited. So chapter seven, A Departure. Icon of the Dragon. Uh, so this is all an Egwene chapter. Mm-hmm.
1: Yay.
2: And oh, she, man. She, I don't I didn't think she was so aggravating before as she is in this chapter. Yes. I completely
0: agree. This this chapter was like infuriating to read for so many reasons. First of all, she's, like, invading people's dreams and being really judgy about it.
2: I wrote exactly that. Yeah. like, spends the whole time invading people's <laughs> dreams and judging them.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It's, like, just, oh, the whole thing is just, Egwene, like it's, like, it's nosing around people's business. It's just, like, oh, well, uh, I, you know, I, I, I know what this person's thinking about, and oh, man, I don't like what this person's dreaming about. Oh, that's... Oh yeah, I'm gonna give him dirty looks because I didn't like what I saw in his dreams. Mm-hmm. And, and like, like
3: screw you,
0: lady. Yeah, and I cannot imagine something like this is this pisses me off. There, I cannot imagine something more invasive than spying on someone's dreams, and for her to be passing judgment about it too is just like so. Oh, it's so wrong. Yeah, what, what the fuck?
1: What that was completely infuriating. But what made it even worse is she was dreaming about Avienda being weighed down by this bracelet that Rand gave her because symbolism, uh, and. She she says let me speak to the wise ones Avianda. I'm sure I can convince them that they can't just make you da da dot. I I'm assuming continue following Rand. Mm-hmm. So she thinks Egwene based on everything she knows thinks that she can go to the wise ones and get them to change their mind?
2: Yeah, right? Yeah. Based on something she spied in someone else's dream? Yeah,
1: this girl is mm, super Which she's not full even of supposed herself. to do. Mhm.
2: Yeah, this this whole chapter the other thing I wrote down is that this whole chapter she over and over thinks about how she's can solve any problem and she's going to ferret out any, everybody's secret that yeah. like she thinks, Oh, that person's got a secret. I'll figure it out eventually. Uh huh.
1: She's confident. She can puzzle it out eventually.
2: Yeah. Like, geez, Egwene. I mean, confidence is one thing, but she's like everybody, everything is her business and she's like inserting herself in everybody's mind and lives. And mm-hmm. a really, in a, in a really, um, Judgmental way, like in a really like
0: unkind way, I would say. You know, mm-hmm. she's not like I'm going to help this person. She's yeah. like I'm going to fix. I'm going to do this. I'm going to yeah. figure this
2: out. I mean, after she watched she watched one of the older, wise ones in her own dream when she's young with her dead husband. Yeah, who's also young. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And another and like, one. Like she didn't one... pick up. Like you shouldn't be looking at this. What yeah. the hell?
1: Or yeah. another one breastfeeding her child. Yeah.
2: Well, this is so private.
0: Yeah. This is this is this is like I, that's what I I don't like about this. This is the one place that you have like no control over like this this is like your deepest like your most internal like fears your 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 wishes like these are things that that no one would want to share with some random person wandering around you know <laughs> yeah oh
1: and she even says to herself it's not right to spy on a friend's dreams not that it was spying exactly but still no that's spying yeah you're definitely <laughs> yeah. spying you're yes. absolutely
2: definitely spying 100 percent right, mm-hmm. then the has a small note she looks into Isindra's dreams, and her dreams are horrible torture dreams. Yeah. And she doesn't click here for more information. Yeah, she's like, oh, that's she, weird. Yeah, but I hate Isindra, so hell with her. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Like, this, this, is, this is actually useful information. This might be a key to why Isindra is acting so weird. Yep, but no. No, but, she didn't care. No. But, yeah, so Rand sets out with the Aiel. Oh, before he does, though... Mm-hmm. He leaves them a baller
0: parting gift. <laughs> oh, he does. He's like, Here, something to remember me by. Snaps his fingers. All the fountains in Ruidian come alive. And the idols are just like, Because, <gasps> you know, like water to them is like as precious yeah. as gold. Like it's like
2: infinite just... wealth to them. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And he goes, Oh, I guess I should have done something about that beforehand. <laughs> I think to myself, like, oh, the all these people who are going and having to drag up water from. I
2: know, right? Whatever.
1: Yeah, come on, guy. Like come the on. sweat
2: lodge where he's cleaning himself, all the like Guy Shane slaves are. are... Putting all this effort into it. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. sure
1: they would have appreciated it sooner, but mm-hmm. that's okay. Now they've got their fountains. Well,
2: he gets there eventually. Yeah. Yes. And so they're they're heading out. Then we get some Moraine stuff. Those and are this, always interesting. This explains a lot about where Moraine is coming from. Even though she does that thing she always does, where she doesn't actually think about what she's thinking about. Yeah it's more just like observational but you still get hints but yeah it turns out the the big change in her character is because of what she saw in that wise one test in the Terongrial and Ruidian
1: mhm one of the things we found out is she definitely does not want to bone rand
3: <laughs> i love that that's
1: uh-huh.
2: so funny she was like, I mean, I, of course she thought about it, right? Like, yeah. I see Manipulator. She's like, well, what would happen if I slept with him? Oh, it's really, really bad. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All of those things, everyone dies. So not going to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so thanks, Rudy, and That's really helpful. Yeah.
2: So, okay. I guess I guess it says she remembers just that it would be bad. Yeah. She doesn't remember, like, what his dick is like or yeah. whatever, you know? <laughs> that's probably a good
0: thing, right? I mean, she doesn't want to be walking around with that memory. The Dragon D, The Dragon D. Because once you go
2: Dragondi, you never go back. So it's good that she forgot.
0: You never right. go Bagondi? <laughs>
2: that's the way
1: it goes. <laughs> <laughs> that's
3: right.
2: Yes, but she learned something about the future that's made her very impatient. Yeah. Which she used to be a lot, of, uh, a lot more patient, as Lan says.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I, I think probably she saw that she's going to die.
1: That must soon. be it. There was a huge sense of urgency and desperation there. Yeah.
2: But uh, I like that she thinks about Lan. Lan has two things. A sword that would not break, and a war that could not end. <laughs> so cool. Even other people think cool things about land. And, it, of course,
0: Robert Jordan uses this as an opportunity to say his favorite thing again. Some said
2: he wooed death the way a bridegroom removed his bride. <laughs> like, I feel like he says that at least once in every book. I mean, that doesn't make... I, yeah, it still doesn't make sense to me. He like, he buys death presents? Yes. Like, he, he finds he out the poetry things that to death, death, death is into. He's and a poet. He
0: writes he, poetry
1: He tongue kisses death but doesn't call the next day? <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. He waits three days to text.
0: So speaking of land, have we ever had a land POV chapter? No. No? I wonder what that would be like. What would, what would that even look like? Because, you
2: know, we have all these different points of view. Land would just be like... He's like, and, and then another meat sack walked into the room and started squawking. <laughs> it's, that's the only a 5% chance that he'll try and strike Moraine. So I did not cut him down.
3: <laughs> the I exactly think you is. got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay. Chapter 8. Over the border. Icon of the sunburst. And uh, we're back to Nynaeve's detective agency. Yeah. Long time no see. It's yeah. so- any good traps today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of.
0: Yeah, yes. Right. Uh, <clears throat> so they're traveling in this this, this wagon, uh, which sounds right. pretty
2: uncomfortable. This this seems legit what they're doing right now. Yeah. You know, they when they're not doing wildly insane things, they do reasonable things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So they're just they're just leaving Terabon on a wagon. Oh, it is, uh, I wanted to clarify something. Is Julian wearing a fez?
1: Yeah,
0: he's wearing a fez. Okay, that's my thought. Oh,
1: that's what it is. They described this hat, and I did not get it. Yeah, okay.
0: it's
2: a little red, like conical hat. It looks a little bit like a cake. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's a fez. Yeah, I, I like the. They didn't talk about this in the book, but I like the idea that he was walking down the street in Terrebonne and he saw that fez, and he's like. I'm gonna have that. <laughs> that looks good. But <laughs> <laughs> now he has a fist. Yeah, naive is like that hat looks ridiculous. He's like, I like it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. It's completely impractical, though.
2: I know that his conical hat was better for the sun. Yeah. yeah. But not as cool. Yeah. He you know, wanted this that says flashy hat. He
0: really <laughs> likes it.
1: Mm-hmm. And Elaine is grossing me out. She's like
0: yeah.
1: falling over Tom and like cooing at him and saying super flirty stuff to him all the time. I have a real
0: problem with this because like she knows now that he was like her mom's... Essentially, because lo- like, yeah. I know for a while she didn't remember it and, and it kind of came up when she was drinking or whatever. But I remember later she like she remembered and she so now, so now yeah. she knows that he's he her, was mom's, her lover. mom's lover, mm-hmm. and, which is already like, and gross. Non-zero chance that he's her father. Yeah, yeah, and, and definitely if not her literal father, a father figure for yes. her growing up. Yeah.
1: It's so what super the fuck? icky. I don't know what's going on there.
0: Like, like, Nynaeve is like, it, you know, kind of brings it up and, and, and thinks about how this is like a weird thing. But we know it's even weirder than Nynaeve realizes, yeah, right? Super,
2: Nynaeve just doesn't understand. She just thinks, oh, he's old. Yeah. It's like an ageist thing, which is, you know, again... And even Yeah, that, that doesn't even make sense because Tom is a silver fox. Yeah, that's
0: right. He's a sexy, intelligent, articulate man. <laughs> so I
1: can't figure out if she was flirting with him, and if she was, I don't want to even start going into the reasons why she is. Or if she's just trying to ingratiate herself to him?
0: No, no. She, she says, in like, oh, I'm in love with Rand, but oh, but he's so, in, so sophisticated. Like, yeah. she, It's definitely
2: like a romantic attraction, which is...
1: Uncomfortable, at the least. Weird. I
2: don't yeah. get it. I mean... Maybe it's because she's been so sheltered, relatively. Although, not that sheltered, really. But, you know, she hasn't had any romantic interaction with anybody except Rand, the guy who jumped into her garden. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so maybe this is just sort of her out on her own with no supervision, sort of latching on to a charismatic guy.
1: You could say she's thirsty. (laughs) Right? I
2: mean, maybe. And she doesn't know, you know her instincts are not finally honed and so she's got weird feelings around Tom and she's misinterpreting it as romance. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. It it just it it
0: it, it feels a little out of character and it and it I it's hard for me to understand like why the character would be like based on what she knows why she would be acting this so way. Maybe that's all it is.
1: But at the very least Tom is not reciprocating any of this in the slightest. Well,
0: he's also not he's also not discouraging it though. Yeah,
1: I, that's I hard think... to be like, hey, you know, lady, I fucked your mother like Back the fuck off. I
0: don't think it has to be like that. I think you could just, like... I mean, not not necessarily be cold about it. She'd be like, like, you had the
2: cake, now try the cupcake.
3: (laughs) (laughs) God. Wow. All right.
2: I I mean, I don't know. Yeah. What could he do? Because he has to travel with these people. Sure. And he's already... It's already very difficult for him to get them to accept his presence, even though they need him. Yeah, yeah. that's
1: true, because if he tried to treat her just like a daughter or a little girl, you know she would bridle at that and be like, I'm a grown-up.
2: Right, yeah, and if he if he sat her down and had like a, a grown-up to grown-up conversation like, you know, I, you, it feels like you're coming on to me and I'm not into that for yeah. these reasons, would she lose her mind, Right. I don't think so. I mean, like,
0: I feel like Elaine is generally sort of, like, rational and reasonable compared to the other people Yeah, that's too. a good point. I, I think she would...
2: I, she I, might I, sulk a bit, but... Other people in it, India, I okay. think
0: she is the one who would react the most reasonably to it. Like, and obviously, Nynaeve would just, like, get pissed off and kick him out of the cart or, yeah. you know... Well, we don't know what Tom thinks about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: That's true. Yeah. We we don't know what his his thoughts are. So, Nynaeve is in fine form yep. throughout this whole chapter. God, yeah. Extremely rude and critical to everybody around her, and I had an insight here. I remember just hating Nynaeve when I read these books the first time. Yeah, but this time I think I get the joke. Yeah, I, I didn't pick up on that until this read-through. Is that this is we're not supposed to like Nynaeve. It's supposed to be kind of comical how awful she is to everybody around her.
0: Yeah, I I guess so. It it, it just seems like un, the the way like when you when you live inside her brain, it's like. It's a little confusing because she knows often that she's being unreasonable, but she she's like, "Oh, I just can't." Like for example, the fact that they're in this cart is because she insisted that they not take a boat or something like that, and yeah. and then she's like, "Oh, I really wish I hadn't insisted that," but I can't admit that's wrong. You know, like I don't like her motivation
2: there strikes me as like a little confusing, I guess.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: but I I find it more entertaining. Yeah, when 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 there's that remove of like like Robert Jordan doesn't think this is reasonable either. This character is supposed to be a maniac. I guess Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, and then we have our daily reminder that white cloaks are miserable shits. They get hassled by white cloaks. Yeah, because they're traveling into Amadicia, which I guess is the white cloaks' home nation. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah,
1: but Nynaeve shares the cover story, but then of course Elaine has to try and freaking fuck it up.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Which is that's an interesting reversal because I guess we've seen most of this from Elaine's. Point of view, but usually Nynaeve is the one who can't keep it together. Although, mm-hmm. like when it really counts, she always comes through, right? Yeah, and this is where it really counts. Like you really cannot mess with these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and yet
0: Elaine does. Yeah. Um. So there. So as a result, they've got this really slow track across the country. But I guess it's good because they're trying to get to Tarvalon and we know that if they get to Tarvalon quickly, it's probably a bad thing.
2: Right. Yeah. Right. That's <laughs> the worst thing that could happen to them right now. Yeah. So they head into Amadesia. And uh, one other note I notice here is that nobody bats an eye at the idea of female merchants traveling basically on their own. That's just true. Just some higher yeah, help.
1: That's cool. Yeah,
2: that's cool. That is cool. Yeah, I you know? agree.
1: Or is it because all the guys have gone off to fight?
2: They, they don't even say like, oh, we're getting used to seeing female merchants around. It's just normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? This yeah. Is just, yeah. I don't. Think, I think that's something we've seen elsewhere.
0: I, I think we've seen, I'm trying to remember, there was, um, Leanne said that her mother was a merchant. And right, yeah. we've seen a couple of like dark friends, like wealthy dark friends who are, I think, merchants and women.
2: Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I agree. So, chapter 9. A signal. Icon of uh, a vendasaur leaf. Yeah, because there's like herbology. I guess. Is that is that what it is? It's just plants? Trees so. and whatnot. Yeah. plants. So they camp in Abedicia, uh, near a city. Or a town, basically. And, uh... Nynaeve does a little bit of reflection here, and so we get some info about her. Um, she thinks to herself that her goals and everything have changed. But, of course, she herself hasn't changed. Right. It's just that everything around her has changed. Yeah, I, that, She herself was right all along. Right, exactly. But she's got a new motivating goal here, which is that she wants to learn to use the one power to heal people. Yeah, which is cool. To be a greater healer than she ever thought she I could. I think that makes sense. Yeah, like yeah. that's something that she's she's always been...
0: Yeah, so that's I a much about.
2: better motivation than sticking it to Moraine somehow.
0: Which I still I still don't understand like her, the depth of her hatred for Moraine because I mean, the, I, she she I think she says in this chapter something like oh it's because she stole a bunch of Two Rivers kids and ran off which is not true at all right yeah like they followed her like they the 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 guys were like yeah let's go you know
1: it's nothing but jealousy over land that's all it is you think Just so juvenile jealousy it's possible yeah. Which is understandable, but still very silly.
2: Yeah. So uh, she's also worried about Mogedion. Which she should be. She
0: should
1: be. Uh Like,
2: having
0: a Forsaken out there... Like, we know there's a bunch of Forsaken out there, and mostly they're, like, up to their own stuff. But, like,
2: this particular Forsaken is going to be really interested in killing Nynaeve. Right, yeah. (laughs) The personal grudge against Nynaeve, uh, very subtle and hard to find, and travels around in dreams. Yeah, (laughs) I know. And if only one of them had had an opportunity to finish...
0: Magedion off. You know, well, that would be... Oh, right. Yeah, that's right, Nynaeve. Well,
2: for that. all we know, she got bail-fired.
1: Yeah. That's, that's true. Right. That's that could true. have happened. Yeah,
2: yeah. We haven't seen no evidence to the contrary yet. Um, so, Elaine and Nynaeve visit the town.
0: Oh, wait. When, but on the way, they have a talk. On their own, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're walking towards the town. They're, they have a little side chat, which, uh, you know, Elaine's like, oh, you want to talk about Magedion? And she's like, no, I want to talk about boys. Yeah. <laughs> She's
2: like, "Dish girl, are you chasing that man, Cougar?" <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, She says she's in love with Rand, right? Yes. And she's frustrated because she can't be with Rand. So I guess she's uh, putting the moves on Tom, which is totally inappropriate. Yeah, Julian would make more sense, and he would probably be into it. Again,
0: I just like when I when I when I think about the way that this is going, it doesn't make sense to me for Elaine. That's
2: that's you know, but. It's this same damn thing where she left these letters for Rand a book ago. Uh. To yeah, it was when well, it was, yeah, it was it was a book ago because yeah. when they were leaving here.
1: These freaking letters. And
2: the, and she still hasn't been able to. They they haven't been able to communicate with each other that Rand is confused by these letters. Yeah, for some reason it's so annoying. Yeah, mm-hmm. they could just be straightforward. Rand could just tell Egwene, I don't understand what's in the letters. Or, or, or Elaine could say, "Oh, sorry, I sent... cuz she says I sent two letters that told him
0: how I feel. She did not tell him that one of the letters said I love him and one of the letters said I fucking hate him." That's it. right. She's you know?
2: not commuting. She's not communicating told any this of these other things apparently. Yeah.
1: But Elaine thing. Elaine says though that she thinks that Min is serious when Min joked about having to share Rand. She yeah. thinks that Min actually saw that.
0: Which we 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 probably think is true. I mean that yeah. that seems pretty likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Anive is like Really judgy, so like, oh, yeah, those Aeol have their vile tradition of, like,
2: polygamy or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, come on, it's not that bad. That's right. So, uh, when they get to the town, the town is, uh, of course, oppressed by the Children of the Light because they can't even govern effectively. They're yeah. just awful all around. Yep. Uh, Nynaeve sees a yellow Aja emergency signal. So it's like the bat signal for Aes Right, yeah, hanging in front of a, a tailor's shop. And uh, she goes in and talks to the the tailor, the, yeah. the shopkeeper, yeah, who makes a secret Sedai symbol which is holding her hand in a ring <laughs> below the waist. Is that where you get to punch someone in the arm when Yeah, isn't that a thing now? Yeah, it's a thing. thing. You hold your a loop. Between if you get your someone side. to look at the loop in your finger, so that's like she may not have been signaling, she may have just have been playing the game, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then he does the same thing and then it's like they punch each other in the arm or something. All right. I said I do that. Yeah. Um, But it turns out it's a trap. Yeah. It's a super obvious trap. The tailor's immediately like you've got to drink this special tea I've got.
3: Uh-huh. I know, this is and, so and I, obvious. And Nineveh
2: is asking her questions and she's like, I'll answer your questions after you drink this tea. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I'm not going to drink the tea. I'm just going to watch you drink the tea. <laughs> and she's like, oh, she's so nervous. I, I should drink the tea to make her feel better.
1: <laughs> I mean, it has been like an entire book since they've gotten trapped. So It's
2: true.
0: Yeah,
1: and how we're much, already in chapter, what, nine?
2: How much real time has it been since they've been trapped? Not that long. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is like... This is becoming
0: ridiculous, right? Like they've sprung so many traps that you'd think that they'd be like, "All
2: right, I should just like kind of keep an eye out or or and, and I feel they like should have a sense for this, right? Like Tom and Julian have picked up on how often they walk into traps, and they're very careful about watching out for them mm-hmm. and during like twenty minutes after they get away from Tom and Julian, <laughs> they walk into a
0: trap. I know and, and he was really deliberate about it' She's like, you guys have to stay here and unpack this stuff." We're going to go walk, in, I mean, walk into a trap. I mean, walk into town. Whatever, yeah, you know. Oh, God. This, this all seems funny. very familiar. Right. Yeah, so it's drugged tea. Of course. You No, no. The very special tea. Wink.
2: My very best tea. Yeah. Wink, wink. Yeah, yeah. She tells her helper, make sure you don't get any of that special tea on your hands. <laughs> That's right. Because it's expensive. <laughs> oh. So, chapter 10. Figs and mice. Like kind of a loot. So we we find out that this is fork root tea, which is very narratively convenient. Yeah. <laughs> Not only does it paralyze them, but it prevents them from being able to reach for the one power.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: interestingly, Ny- Nynaeve has never heard of it, which I think is kind of interesting. Like, she's she's very, um, you know, versed in er- herbology. So
2: right, I'm yeah. I'm surprised. So it, I guess there's herbs all around and there's different herb lore in different places.
0: It
1: makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's,
2: I'm sure it's regional. That's a good point.
1: Even though, aren't they fairly, I was looking at the map, aren't they fairly close to the two rivers, like, relatively?
2: Alodicea? I, uh, I think they are, but um, there's a, a big river in between them and so there isn't actually a lot of trade to the south of the two rivers. Oh, okay. All the trade comes in from the north. Okay. It's the the White River, I think, which has got a lot of rapids. Yeah.
1: River Eldar, perhaps?
2: Maybe that's it, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: So this this sequence is creepy, in my opinion. Oh, I know. This, was, this is like a nightmare. Yeah. Like, I've, I'm pretty sure I've, I've seen a horror movie about this. Yeah, they're paralyzed, and they can look around with their eyes.
1: <sighs> and then uh, once an hour, the yeah, shop girl they, they comes in. Them,
2: right? They tell them it takes an hour for it to wear off.
1: Mm-hmm. So they're just there looking at the hourglass, and then the maid eventually comes in after they've been able to move just a little, and then she pours more tea down their throats.
2: Yeah. Oh, man. So creepy. It is.
1: But, luckily, a dude comes and saves the day. There's Tom.
2: Along comes Tom, and
0: Neneve is surely going to be thankful. Oh, no, no. She immediately, like, yells at him for not
1: doing what she said. Among the
2: first things she said to him was, I told the pair of you to stay with the wagons. Yes. Which, A, she didn't, and B, Fuck
0: you right?
2: Uh-huh. I feel
0: like we've been here before. This is like the other NDA special. It's like so someone comes and like
2: risks their life to save you, and you just dump on the person who saved you. <laughs> yeah, because Matt been... happened to happen to Matt. Eventually, she thanks them. Like That's she, true. She reins it in and thanks yeah. them. But just she lashes out first. Yeah. But this is so cool, you know, because it, it turns out Jewel and just followed them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because uh, come on. Because <laughs> he knew what was going to happen. He's right? like, they're going to go walk into a trap. I'm just going to go. Yeah, Tom, you take care of the packing. <laughs> I'll just them my horse, mm-hmm. yeah. And then Tom comes in, and he's got like his magic dagger thing. He's throwing daggers and making them disappear in his arms. Um, and they're totally rescued, and they they reverse capture this uh, woman who captured them with the drugs and her assistant. Yeah, uh, it turns out they are not Black Asha. Yeah, as initially thought, they're ju- actually operating on orders from the White Tower.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I was I was kind of hoping this would be where they would discover the White Tower coup, but they don't. They no. didn't. They just got the message from the White Tower, which is. Everybody can come back to the White Tower now.
3: Mm-hmm. They don't know what that
0: means, though. Right.
2: They it does seem suspicious. They're like, I don't know. That's strange. Yeah.
1: And by the way, we're totally looking for Elaine.
0: Yeah, and yes, and grab Elaine if you see her. Uh-huh. Yeah, specifically, like, and and uh, not just you know bring her back, capture her. It's 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 a, it's kind of a sinister message. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but Nynaeve and Elaine don't seem to even consider the possibility that the White Tower has been overthrown and that it's not Swan Sanche Mm -hmm. anymore.
0: Well, if you think about it, like, when they left the White Tower, the idea of something like that would seem pretty impossible, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Swan was a a, a very effective leader of the White Tower and seemed to have everyone kind of, like, at her beck and call. Mm -hmm. Like, for them, the idea of someone overthrowing Swan Sanche would be, like, madness, I think.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: So, it wouldn't necessarily be something that they would expect,
2: in in, in my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and to get info from Mistress Makara, they helpfully have Julin, the thief taker. <laughs> the, the, the threatened to torture them. Yeah, who threatens to torture them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he says, Yeah, go get me some kitchen oil and some salt. They'll be talking soon. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
2: Which I know what you could do with that. Like, you know, I have an idea of, you know, how you could
3: torture well, what them could with
2: you that. Do so, you need, like seasons and garlic? No, no, you heat, up
0: the, you nice heat up the oil mm-hmm. and use it to scald or inflay their skin and then use the salt
2: on the open wounds. Yeah. Why do you need the salt? Isn't the flaying enough? No,
0: it's salt. gonna
1: hurt. Yeah, yeah you've never heard that rubbing salt into a wound. I'm, I'm just saying it hurts
2: a lot to have your skin cut. Well, off. I mean, if you're doing torture,
0: the idea is not to like stop; it's like to keep getting the hurt worse. I mean, I'm just saying. I would say, bring me some. Wait, wait what is the oil for? To burn them. To, to 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 cook their skin away. Oh, okay. Exposing their their under which you get in salt.
1: That seems like
2: too much work.
0: And then you once you salt it, you can feed it to them. No, right? Yeah. They can Feed their own skin. Look, I'm just saying. This is how you. Uh, this is how torture works.
3: Okay,
2: good to know. Yeah, you're right. Uh, well, what Julian says, because he's not a psychopath, <laughs> you know, that he doesn't actually have a plan for the stuff. He just orders it to to scare them. He's lying,
1: <laughs> which is where we get the... Yeah,
2: You think he's whitewashing this for the for the ladies? I think he is. Yeah, because <laughs> because then he says mice and figs,
0: and I think we know we all know what you would do with that. Yeah, I think so.
3: Yeah.
0: You. you put him out the butthole <laughs>
1: <laughs> First one, then the other. Yeah.
0: Okay. It doesn't matter the order. I mean, the figs. I think you do there. the figs first, yeah. yeah, to
1: entice the mice. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep. That'd make a mice crawl up your butt. Fig up there. <laughs> mice love figs. <laughs> they really love figs. They're on the fence about going up buttholes, but if there's a fig up there. <laughs> that tips those scales right over there. <laughs> Yeah, they get. That's how they get the information from Mister Smacker. Yeah, uh, and then they they head out again, and this is another solid plan. They disguise themselves as ladies instead of merchants. Yep, and they dye mm-hmm. Elaine's hair black using
0: some right, yeah,
2: some which bruise. is uh, yeah, that's smart. Mm-hmm. Although, where are they headed anyway,
0: Terra? <sighs> I think they're still heading to Tarvalon, right? In that they're, I don't remember. Yeah, they're
1: still heading to Tarvalon. I think they're, I
0: think they're going to Tarvalon. So, like, they're just going where they're. Being captured to go anyway. Apparently, yeah. Though though now they're, they are more suspicious about whether that's a good idea, at mm. least.
1: But uh, Nynaeve is still real eager to get back to Tarvalon so she can get her next assignment in terms of hunting down these Black Aja.
2: Mm, right, yeah. So they do make some mention of Tyr. I wonder if they think that they're going to Tyr also. I don't know. Yeah, maybe Elaine would head to Tyr. Because they're not very good at doing their jobs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They get distracted a lot. And uh, after they leave, there's this pretty funny bit where Makara eventually wakes up and goes and sends a message. And then she sends another message to somebody else. And then the guy that has the pigeon coop copies her message and sends it to yet another person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Spies on spies on spies. Yeah, so I guess that's the info that Elaine and Nynaeve have shown up on the map again. Yeah. But I like how even this crappy little town has... All this skullduggery, like three layers of it. <laughs> it's right ridiculous. Yeah, you know, I I will
0: say that um at this point feeling better. I know at the end of the last chapter I mentioned that I was kinda of bored with where things were going, but I feel like now the action's kind of like taking off and things yeah. are things I thought these chapters were fun. Yeah, they were. I agree. Like there's all the, the combat stuff and like the fighting the the Dark Hounds with Rand and Robert Jordan writes great action scenes and the stuff with uh, NDA, like that was that was I would I don't know if I would say fun, but it was like it was interesting, you know, like when when they were doing their thing and then they had their little like capture. So I feel like we're we're into the action again, which is good because they only took, you know, hundred and twenty pages this time instead of like three (laughs) hundred.
1: Another reason why we enjoyed this, no Avienda talking.
3: (laughs) Oh, that's (laughs) That's true. true. No
2: avienda. So that's it for this episode. Next time we're gonna cover chapters eleven through fifteen of the Fires of Heaven. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter.
1: I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan.
2: And I'm Micah Sparkman. I don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at dragonreread.com.
1: We'd love to hear from you.
2: Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. And please like us in real life. We're super likable. Until next time. The, the Light, light you we